Coming up on The Bridge, Tony Jamus, co-founder and CEO of Oyster, jumps on the show to talk about Tony's experience globe trotting from Lebanon to France to Cyprus and the pains of starting a globally distributed company and the founding insights that led to Oyster. We talk about remote work versus in-person culture, the assumptions that executives make and excuses we make when we force people to come back into an office. And Tony talks about the special founding structure behind Oyster, a purpose-driven approach to company building, and why he built Oyster as a B corporation. And then we round it out with some of the hard lessons Tony's learned as an entrepreneur, his approach to hiring the right people for the C-suite, and how he's approached executive hiring at Oyster. Uh, It's good to be back, spend some time with the family in Costa Rica, but we are ready to rock and really appreciate this interview from tony some really great stuff and a huge fan of the team at oyster so without further ado let's get into the show giddy up assassin's state of mind hustle grind see them dollar signs assassin's state of mind assassin's state of mind hustle grind see them dollar signs way above the bottom line assassin's state of mind hustle grind See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, Asian the game. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. All right, we are here with my good friend, Tony Jamus. I'm excited to catch up. I appreciate you taking some time with me today. I know we're going to be talking about a lot of things across HR, AI. But before we get into that, you're a serial entrepreneur. And I would love maybe to start with just a general intro on yourself. And I know that the story behind Oyster is pretty special as well, as far as your company structure. So I would also love to hear just like the backstory on the founding story behind Oyster. Justin, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, great to see you, my friend. Very excited to talk to you today. And uh, yeah, let me tell you about the Genesis story about Oyster. So it all started actually pretty much when I was born. I was born in a country called Lebanon. That is a pretty much a, a failed state today. And when you're born in countries like that, you really want to leave that country for better economical opportunity. And I did that. I left my country when I was 17 uh, to France to computer science. And then eventually I became an entrepreneur. I started... Uh, my first company as a CEO and founder 13 years ago was an API business for building home education applications that went public, got acquired. Um, so when I left that business, I was ready to start another venture. But this time, I wanted to be a globally distributed business because in my previous business, I had hired people in 40 countries and I was able to witness the power of distribution. Not only can access a global talent pool, can build amazing level of diversity in the business, but you can change people's life in many countries. But I wasn't looking forward to the challenge we faced there. We had to set up entities and a lawyer, accountant, bureau provider. I mean, we spent millions of dollars building our own employment infrastructure and failed to deliver on an employee experience that we felt proud of. And since I couldn't find a solution back in 2019, I decided to build this. And, and that's why uh, I started Oyster in January 2020 as first and foremost a mission-driven company. We are a B Corp, a benefit corporation that is here to make the world more equal and more free 
of bike empowering companies all over the world to hire anyone anywhere. You've got a wealth of knowledge on distributed work, remote work. It's, you can hear that coming through in your own story. I would love to just get, I guess, a little futuristic around the future of hiring and onboarding and distributed work. Like, where do you see this space sort of evolving and going right from where we are today? If you're a company and hiring people, uh, your first uh, ref uh, reflex you have is to look 10, 20 miles radius around your office. That will change. I do predict that in the future, the next generation of companies, the successful companies, will have been empowered by global talent acquisition strategy, hiring the best person, no matter where they are. Why I believe so? Because moving to adopt remote work makes you a better company. If you're in the office, you can get away with not building trust and testing. If you're in the office, you can get away from not having clear goals and expectations because you can see people and seats. If you're in the office, you can get away with not having clear ways of working together with rules and the rules that makes you successful. But if you move to remote, it becomes a force and function, potentially build trust, potentially build clear goals and expectations, and intentionally design a way of working that makes people successful no matter what they are. It becomes a virtual cycle. The best company in the world is going to attract the best talent in the world that now have this access to this new degree of freedom. We can live and work anywhere you want and be productive. I live in the island of Cyprus. Most people have not heard of Cyprus. It's a small material island. For me, it's near nature. I live near the beach and I can have the opportunity to build a global company no matter where I am. I don't have to be in New York City or in London. Yeah. I agree that having built something in the Slack ecosystem, I've always been kind of along the remote work trend and train, but I feel like having left the Bay Area and personally relocating my family to Portland, I can't imagine another way of living, I guess. You're not going back. When you awesome. taste that degree of freedom, you're going to start looking for companies that really make you successful no matter where they are. Yeah. The best talents like you will go to work for these companies. And honestly, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily like forced balance, but I think your point around accountability has been big. It's like more intentional about how my time is getting spent. I feel like I'm more intentional about how time is getting spent and it does force you to exert more. I guess it's more effort, but being more diligent about making sure that you're setting things up the right way and, you know, staying connected with people. I love that. So I feel like everybody, and their grandmother is talking about AI and the impact that it's going to have on every category. So I, I'd love to hear Oysters, your position, Oysters' position on this. And how are you planning to leverage AI to provide more value for your customers? Yeah. So first, let's take a step back. I, I want to say that I totally understand the fear that people have from this technology. Uh, it has the potential to change work, the way we work. And that's generates fears. There's been even some worse uh, predictions about AI controlling the world. And so I, I do understand that. And at the same time, you have to see that the world has changed. Actually. It has both implication on our individual way of working, but also on businesses. So in the individual way of working, uh, I believe that the definition of work has to change. Instead of us now, especially knowledge workers, and by the way, there's going to be over a billion knowledge workers coming into the workforce in the next 10 years. The biggest demographic shift the world I've ever seen since the Industrial Revolution. And these knowledge workers, they're going to be armed with, with new technology, uh, not only to increase their productivity, but also to increase their output and their performance. Your skill of 
let's say writing a communication or writing a document is less about the content now and more about the ability to interrogate the machine to get to your content and iterate work with the machine. It's a shift in what's, what our skills require in the economy are, and it's going to be moving more towards this ability to know what to ask rather than finding the answer. And it's exciting. It's exciting because it's going to make us more productive, more filled. And now on, on the, for, from a business standpoint, it's also going to transform businesses, right? So in our case, in HR technology, in our business, global employment, it is a knowledge business. I mean, what we do is we gather all these employment laws and best practices, payroll tax regulation, all these countries, and levels of benefits that you can offer to people around the world. And what we do is we feed all this employment knowledge into the employment lifestyle, but to create these experiences. So AI has an important role play in not only structuring this data, but able to provide conversational interfaces for our customers so that they can improve and enhance the customer experience. What I'm recognizing too is it almost feels like the workplace is becoming more fluid in a sense or like dynamics with a lot of these shifts. Like I recognize this at CultureAmp where we just rolled out new remote work policies. I mean, people are kind of moving everywhere and it's difficult to, again, stay compliant. And yeah. I feel like there's going to be an opportunity there, yeah, potentially for AI to help companies like ours try to, I don't know, get a better handle on where people are working, where are safe, secure places to be working. Yeah, that's a um, great example. Let's, 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 let's imagine how it could look like. And this is something we're deploying right now at Oyster. So today we have a global mobility policy, which yeah. is, you know, if you look at it and you want to read it, as an employee, it looks like reading a terms of condition of like yeah, an online yeah. website that you just scroll and accept and then right. roll, right? So I can make these policies so much more interactive and friendly. So you can go, hey, I live in South Africa. I want to go spend two months working from my parents' house in Zimbabwe. Tell me if anything I need to be worried about. Yes or no, right? And, and, and the AI can conversationally take them, yes, so then you can do it or no, maybe it's actually you have to take one week off, you have to take one point. So instead of really having a very difficult conversation with your HR team, we can actually have a much more pleasant conversation with some shoot. Okay, follow-up question. What is one problem you wish Oyster, or maybe maybe you personally, like outside of HR, wish that somebody would solve today? So I think today there's a massive opportunity in creating a, a, an ecosystem for AI intellectual property creation. Let me give you this example. There is a, there's this consultant that charges a lot of money to come and deliver, let's say, a, a marketing deck. He or she spends equally maybe charge $200,000, come here and work 10 hours with your team, and then boom, you have the output. And that, that, that consultant has online documented their approach and they have lots of examples of their decks, of their decks out there. So AI, and I, I've tried that actually, AI can actually use the same methods. Anyone can go on these new AI solutions and ask, Hey, this is my company. Use this method to create a deck. Done. So this $200,000 is gone. So there's an issue. But if you give that, that business, that, that person the opportunity to, to patent their ideas about AI. Not everyone in the world can have access to their solution. They can get a revenue share. So think about it as like Salesforce app exchange for AI applications. You know, I'm currently building with my team like AI applications on how do I position us versus a competition, like a competitive module, competition module. Every business needs a competition module. 
Like, how can you, can you really reset the world and patent it and get revenue share out of it? Okay, that would be the future. You'd have to, there should be a company, a service out there that enable creators to create AI applications and be able to generate revenue from that. And so that's a trillion dollar business. So if you know somebody doing that, I'd like to talk that's to That's what them. I'm but saying. Like, I always like ask questions like about the, the angel investors because there's one company that they wish somebody would start. Okay. What's one thing you wish Tony, the CEO of Oyster, would tell Tony, the CEO of Nextmo? So many things. The first thing I would tell Tony Nextmo, not the best product always win, is the best marketed and positioned product news. At Nextmo, we build the best product. We're like the most technically advanced and strong. Uh, look, we, we, you know, we sold the company for, we merged the company and eventually we sold it for $6.5 billion. Amazing outcome. But we were number two. And number one, the only difference, number one, was that they were better positioned, better marketed. So at Oyster, we started with the brand first and the positioning first. That's number one, is really the best position product points, not the best product. Secondly, I would, I would tell that Tony to focus more on the team configuration. I feel that my job at Oyster today, the number one thing I need to do right is to build the best CT and get them to work together. And what I did is everyone on my team, I hired them through an executive search process. Mm-hmm. I didn't really use my network because if I use my network, I'm going to be biased. So I had to bring a third party service provider to guide me towards making the right decision for this business. And that's what's transforming. Good one third, one third thing can I say? One yeah. third thing is I would, the message I would tell that Tony, the previous Tony is that don't stress too much and make sure that your reactions doesn't become in the way of the success of the business. So be more mindful. Those are good. I uh, just wanted to wrap it up first to say thank you for making this time. And I wanted to also just hear what's next for Oyster. And then was there anything else that you wanted to plug? Thank you, Justin, for having me here. Really appreciate this conversation. For Oyster, we are marching towards more and more impact delivered in the world. We've seen in the last few quarters, three times more people in emerging economics, great news for the world. So we're going to continue to invest in reducing the barriers for companies to tap into the global economy. That, that's our path. That's our roadmap. So yeah, thank you for having me here. Thank you for yeah. supporting our mission. Awesome, man. Huge fan of the Oyster team and excited to see the mission that y'all marched towards. So thanks, Tony. All right, that is a wrap. Again, shout out to Mr. Tony Jamus, the entire team at Oyster. I appreciate him coming on the show, sharing some incredible insights on their founding story and just how they've grown and scaled. If you are a founding team making global hires, struggling to ensure that you're hiring compliantly, strongly encourage you to check out OysterHR.com. Get more information there. All right. Back from vacation, I took a week off last week, but man, it was it was needed. Spent some really great time with the family. I know we talk about hustling and grinding and all that, but uh, gosh, I can't recommend a break <laughs> strongly enough. Uh, just feels good to be back now, feeling feeling refreshed. So we're going to have another interview on with a founder in the health tech space next week, just talking about the challenges of building something in healthcare. As a first-time founder, this is a serial entrepreneur, but some really, really great insights. So if you're thinking about building something in healthcare, you're going to want to tune into that. Uh, in the meantime, 
Again, every week, appreciate y'all tuning in. Keep hustling. Keep grinding. See them dollar signs. Hustle. Grind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything. everything.